Join us today for an action-packed episode of Locked on Fantasy Baseball, where we discuss the shortstop position heading into the 2024 fantasy baseball season. You are Locked on Fantasy Baseball, your daily fantasy baseball podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, fantasy baseball fanatics, and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Baseball Podcast, brought to you by the Locked On Sports Network, your team every day. As always, we're your number one source of fantasy baseball knowledge, and thank you for making us your first listen each and every day. I'm your host, Dominic Martino. You can find me on Twitter at DomMartinoFB. Here, as always, with my brother, my partner, my co-host, my my best friend, Matthew Ane, and you can find him on Twitter at Matthew underscore Ane. If you're listening on a platform like like Apple or Spotify that allows five-star ratings and reviews. We would truly, truly appreciate it if you could do that for us. It really helps a lot this time of year. And guess what? If you do decide to, you know, leave that five-star rating and review, take a screenshot of it, send it to us at fantasymds at gmail.com, or just send it to us on Twitter or Instagram if that's easier for you, and you get a chance to win a spot in our listener league for next season and if you're watching on youtube and you haven't already hit that little bell below it subscribes to the channel also gives you a notification every time we drop a new episode all right guys and before we get into the meat and potatoes which is shortstop today i need to talk to you about today's sponsor FanDuel. make every moment more right now new customers get 150 dollars in bonus bets with any winning five dollar money line bet that's 150 bucks if your team wins visit fanduel.com locked on to get started today and all right guys as we get into this we're still going through our you know position review slash preview episodes you know maybe it's a little bit early maybe it's a little bit not but we know that you fantasy baseball addicts love it the way that we do if you're in here listening this time of year and you know we got shortstop matt where are we start starting with this you know um position that's looking looking pretty good yeah, let's start off with probably the most exciting name that everybody's probably pining to draft next year and that's Ellie De La Cruz of the Cincinnati Reds. Ellie just monster monster opening to his career and then kind of teetered off towards the second half uh and honestly outside of the first month kind of really fell apart until showing some light at the end of September in the playoffs for you. Ellie just I feel was um with somebody that is going to be very exciting for next year. And I think the upside is absolutely legitimate. The thing is, I just hope we don't see what we saw in July, August. And, you know, he kind of shows more of the June. And I, what, what leads me to say that he will is just based off of his pedigree, right? You look at what he did in his career in the minors throughout, you know, the four years that he was there, the three years. You know, there's no reason that he can't do it and figure it out because, I mean, it was only a small little stint, 200 at-bats. Like, I mean, uh, 388 at-bats. Like, I feel a whole year of spring training under the belt, things are going to look real upside. We're going to start looking at more of like, hey, look at his 2022-23 numbers, and that's kind of more of a a solid baseline for him in in a true, true season for him. Elliot Cruz has... Freaking 40 up 40 home run upside, 30 stolen base upside, if not more. Because in 22, he had 47 stolen bases in a single season. 
Like, yeah, I was going to say you might be selling him short on those steals a little bit. Right. I mean, even this, even his first year in the bigs, he had, what, 35? Like, let's go. Like, Ellie De La Cruz has the upside that we all know he can be and just be literally the next Ronald Vicuña if we really go at it. Dude's a big boy, ready to rock. And honestly, I have him as my number my number six shortstop, and that's me being conservative. You know, I if I really wanted to just, you know, put it out there and say, okay, he is the guy, then I would have him as, like, my number three. But it's just harder to do that at shortstop being that, yo, it's the deepest position in baseball, honestly. So that's where it kind of is limited. But at third or wherever else the Swiss Army knife is available, he's much, much higher in those rankings. But Ellie De La Cruz is primed to be solid. I don't know what his ADP is, but, you know, I'm sure it's it's super high. I'm sure it's almost as high as you you could think it could be. Yeah, like second round, right? And that is where it's too rich for my blood. But, you know, long story short, let's put it this way. If you draft him, it comes with a nice risk. You're drafting him at a ceiling. But do I think he can attain that ceiling? Probably. So it's just a matter of what your comfort level is and how how confident you win in the team that you're going to build around this dude. Yeah, um, so as we talk about shortstop and Ellie here, I, I, I kind of, before we, you know, just blow this whole thing wide open, I want to talk about how we finished last year at shortstop, right? So last year we had Mookie Betts on Yahoo. Um, I think, I don't I don't know if he got enough appearances to have the eligibility everywhere, but he's retaining it on Yahoo. So Mookie Betts was the number one shortstop. Bobby Wood Jr. was two. Marcus Simeon, three. Corey Seager, four. Francisco Lindor, five. Trey Turner, six. Nico Horner, seven. Fernando Tatis Jr. at eight. Gunnar Henderson at nine. And C.J. Abrams at ten. And just to throw it out there, Bobichet was number 11. Uh, so when you talk about Ellie De La Cruz, though, now at the shortstop position, uh, he is coming off the board so far. 37 drafts on NFBC. Um, fourth shortstop off the board, pick 21. Uh, very, he has to be dominant uh, across all categories that to deserve that you know draft pick. I have Ellie as my number seven shortstop. Um, it, it's just the splits. Matt kind of you know gave you the gist of it, but I'll read you you know verbatim what these stats were. The first half for you know Ellie De La Cruz, thirty games, hundred and twenty six at bats. He had twenty eight runs, nine doubles, two triples, four homers, sixteen RBI, sixteen. Steals with a 325 batting average. Everybody was, you know, um, saying this guy's a perennial first round pick next year for fantasy baseball. But then that second half came along 68 games, 266 at bats, 39 runs, six doubles, five triples, nine homers, 28 RBIs, 19 steals, but he hit 191. Um, do I think he evens out and performs a lot better, you know, than that 191 batting average season? Yes. But it, it's just a matter of, can he keep making those little adjustments that we need to see? He's going to be 22 next year. I think he can. Uh, it's just the ADP for me right now. If you were able to get this guy as your fourth round pick, um, yeah, sure, why not? Uh, but second round, you're you're giving up a lot, um, you know, to get this guy. Um, I'm actually going to move. Uh, I'm going to pivot a little bit. We were going to go one way. Uh, I'm going to go a different way here. I, I actually want to. To, um, you know, Ellie De La Cruz comp here. Let's. I want to talk about Francisco Lindor. Um, the thing, if if Ellie De La Cruz does what Francisco Lindor did last year, this upcoming season, everybody's gonna love it, right? But Francisco Lindor has already done it. He's shown it. We we know what he can do. 
Um, and I think this is like, you know, what we should be expecting from an Ellie De La Cruz. 160 games for Lindor last season, 602 at-bats, 108 runs, 33 doubles, uh, two triples, 31 homers, 98 RBIs, 31 steals, and a 254 batting average. Um, I have Lindor as my number six shortstop right over Ellie De La Cruz. I just can't justify taking Ali De La Cruz at 21 when Francisco Lindor is going three picks later. I picked 24, fifth shortstop off the board when I know Lindor is going to give me that guaranteed production and, you know, Ali De La Cruz more of that dart throw. That's why my first six shortstops off the board are all kind of solidified guys, all guys that, you know, you know what you're getting. And then when it comes to, you know, after that, I have Ellie De La Cruz, Bichette, and O'Neill Cruz, and Gunnar Henderson, and C.J. Abrams all back to back to back to back. And you never really know what you're going to get with any of those guys. But I love Lindor. I think he's solidified. He's a career 274 hitter, so I think there's room to bounce back in that batting average department. Not banking on it, but I think he's a staple, and you could feel safe drafting uh, Francisco Lindor. I hear you. And the only thing about Francisco Lindor that kind of like turns me off, essentially, is the fact that there's a lot of movement and talk on that team with the Mets. Like they're, they're shopping Pete Alonso around the team has lost their two biggest pitchers that they signed last year. There's a lot of, a lot of uh, moving parts going into the Mets. And I don't even know if Francisco Lindor is going to be on that team next year. So, but I mean, to be a tender. but the, <laughs> no, a hundred percent. But the thing is though, is he going to follow the rule of new year, new team where, you know, he has a down year. Or does he just pick up right where he left off? Like it, it's, it, there's a lot of questions going around surrounding that. And if you look at it, like his first year on the Mets, if he does get like was not great, he batted 230 that year. He only had 20 home runs, only had 10 stolen bases. Like if he gets traded at now age 30, you know, are we going to see the same thing where it's going to take a year to get adjusted? So like I want to see what happens with Lindor and the Mets as a whole before I start, you know, really saying, hey, like, this is the guy for guy that I want to draft, because right now I actually have him pretty low. And I'm going to make this quick, because we have a sponsor we need to talk about. But right now I have him at eight, and I'm still, yeah, you know, horrible. it's not horrible, but I'm still like, okay, I'd rather if I had to choose between the two around the same part of whether it's Ellie De La Cruz or Francisco, and Laura, I'm probably going to go with the upside of Ellie. But before we move on and we talk about another awesome guy that really just doesn't know how to slide, and a bunch of other guys... We do have a sponsor we need to talk about. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in the action than now. This app is super easy to use. And there's a wide range of betting options, including point spread, player props, over and under, and so much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off this NFL season just right. FanDuel official partner of the MLB. All right. So with that being said, I do want to also mention something awesome Locked On as a network is doing, and I think you guys are going to be very excited about it as well. Locked On has launched its first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7 covering the top stories of the day with local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. 
go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national 24-7 streaming channel. And honestly, it is awesome. You're going to catch us on there. You're going to catch all the big names. It's going to be a good time. But anyway, with that all being said, and uh, me saying that's all being said, (laughs) I'm going to talk about Mr. O'Neill Cruz, the guy I was poking fun at, Mr. I can't slide for the life of me. But let's talk about him. O'Neill Cruz honestly was primed to have a season and a half until he unfortunately was sliding into home, I believe, and fractured his leg and sadly put his season to an end. I feel if Pittsburgh was actually contending like they look they were doing in the first, like, you know, a little over a quarter of the season, O'Neill Cruz probably would have been, you know, would have played last year and probably the last month and a half when he was first eligible. But since there was no reason for him to play and they weren't fighting for anything, they pretty much just decided to keep him, you know, down and just, you know, go through a full recovery and said, ah, screw it. Let's just go for next year. He's their future of their organization without a doubt. So there's no real rush for them, especially when they're not competing. But in that short little stint in like literally nine games, like he was literally living up to the hype. Uh, 32 at bats, seven runs. A double, a bomb, four ribs, three stolen bases, seven walks to eight strikeouts, batting 250. I mean, you know, yes, it is a really, really small size. Honestly, sample size. And honestly, you probably needed a microscope to probably notice. But at the same time, I look at a lot of things that like I really expected him to do. And one that walked the strikeout ratio, maybe he was really going to turn it on and, you know, show off some plate discipline. The fact that he hit that he was hitting so well and just doing his thing really just showed that hey the upside was there. Plus his spring looked phenomenal. All signs all signs were pointing go for O'Neill Cruz. Low key, he could be another one that can literally do exactly what Ellie De La Cruz is going to be doing next year, and he's probably going significantly lower just based off of the fact that he was probably pretty frustrated with his injury last year. Dom, I don't know if you have that ADP, but I do. Whenever you're ready, I'm going to throw it out there. Yeah, yeah, please. So, without getting into my whole rant, um, 12th shortstop off the board, pick 80. Bro, give me that all day. Like, I know this isn't going to stay. Like, he'll probably move up to about six. And what, top 60 pick? Go up about 20 picks, two rounds? Like, yo, give me that all day. He's going to be the better pick and the better value over Ellie De La Cruz, in my opinion. Because there's less likely of the pick to bust based off of the price that you spent on the player with the same ceiling. And I'd rather roll with O'Neill Cruz in a redraft. Yeah, Matt, we're we're on the same page here with O'Neill Cruz. Um, as you were kind of I think you briefly were talking about how, you know, um at the end of 2022, he really turned it on. So I have those stats from his last 29 games for O'Neill Cruz in 2022. 118 at-bats, 19 runs, 6 doubles, 2 triples, 6 homers, 19 RBIs, 4 steals, um, and a 288 batting average. So O'Neal Cruz had really started to turn it on, and, you know, I think it was 9 games this season, you know, looked decent in those as well. Sky's the limit. He's, you know, 6'7", 215, monster of a man. He hits the ball just as hard as Ellie De La Cruz. He throws the ball just as hard as Ellie De La Cruz. Um, so you're basically getting, you know, the same type of, you know, um, lottery ticket, but you're getting him 60 picks later. I have O'Neal Cruz as my ninth shortstop. Um, 
once again, I just have guys that have done it and, you know, are more staples at this point I've had ahead of him. I have Bo Bichette ahead of him as well. Um, you know, Ellie is at seven, but I think, you, you know, Ellie and O'Neill Cruz are going to be very similar to players for the rest of their career, which is why, you know, I pick 80. Oh my God. I'll, I'll take him there all day, every day and just reap the rewards. I think O'Neill Cruz has something to prove now that he's missed the whole season. Um, he is only going to be 25 years old. I just love everything that this guy does on and off the baseball field, but, um, let's keep things moving here. Um, you know, Matt and I are having a little bit fun with this one. And you know what? Why do I go anywhere else besides my hometown team, uh, my favorite team? Let's talk about Anthony Volpe at shortstop. Now, this was a guy came out of absolute, um, you know, not didn't come out of nowhere, but came out of nowhere to make the team coming into, you know, um, you know, opening day this past season. Uh, Matt, my brother, is the only you know, not only fantasy baseball, but only baseball analysis that I heard calling this out way earlier than anybody else that Volpe's making the team. Uh, Matt was on his game with that one. Uh, Volpe mixed bag, mixed bag this season, 159 games, 541 at-bats, 62 runs, 23 doubles, four triples, 21 homers, 60 RBIs, 24 steals. This is where things go, you know, downhill with the 209 batting average from Volpe. Um, there's so much more upside than, you know, 209, right? Um, right now, Volpe's coming off the board. 15 shortstop pick, 137. Um, I don't know how comfortable with him I am as my number one shortstop, but if you get him as you know your second utility or if you get him as, as a bench guy, even better. I have Volpe as my 17th shortstop off the board right now. I could see him moving up maybe a little bit, but even if he has a great spring, he had a monster spring last season too. Um, it's just a batting average. I don't know where Volpe truly winds up as a batting average guy, and I can't draft him too high because if he is only, let's say, a 240 hitter, you know, the, the 20, you know, 25 homer, 30 steal upside is great. Uh, and the runs in RBI should be decent in that Yankees lineup. But, you know, the, if the batting average is going to drag you down that much, you know, that's why you're kind of building that risk into where he's being drafted this year. And I think the value is decent because the upside is, is a 265, 270 batting average, uh, you know, with all those other four categories being, you know, pretty much above and beyond. I do like Anthony Volpe going into next year. I hear you. I actually had a, I, you know, if you watched this in the offseason, I had a lot more like expectations for him in terms of, you know, where I thought he was actually going to do just based on the fact that I had a feeling he was going to get the call. And it, it just, it ended up a little disappointing. Uh, I looked at him where, you know, I really felt his batting average wasn't going to be as, as atrocious as it was because in 2022, he had, he batted 249. And in 2021, he batted 294. Uh, you know, I just really didn't foresee this being this bad. But hey, you know, when you hang out with, I guess, John Carlos Stanton, you learn some bad habits. But, you know, I don't think this is, I don't think this is his end all be all in terms of this is his future batting average. I think it comes back up to the 250, 260 range for next year, possibly even better because he has shown fleet discipline in his minor league career, where, you know, even in 2022, where he had a lower batting average, he still had a little over 50% you know, walk to strikeout. And then in 21, it was 78 walks to 101 strikeouts. So I believe the plate discipline was there. It was more of him adjusting to obviously a better class of pitching, which is tough to do. And at only 22 years old, the young man just had a lot, of, a lot to just deal with in terms of adjusting to the bigs at a younger age. It was kind of not only forced to play probably a little bit earlier than probably he should have, 
but also forced to play in New York a little early, probably got to him too. Yeah. So I feel like he may take two to three years to really, you know, show exactly what his true upside is. But I think next year is a get right year and you're not going to have to pay a very nice premium for him. So why not take that dart throw? So with that being said, I have another guy I want to talk about, but I have one last break for you. All right. I have to find a new transition thing because with that being said, it's just being used way too much for me. So, yeah. Let's talk about Mr. Bo Bichette. Bo has just been so so annoying for me. And there's there's a few reasons why. Over the last couple of years, you know, we're all chasing 2021, right? Where he just had this mega season and we were just like, yo, this kid's him. He's going to break out. It's I mean, this kid's like him now. He's just going to be a top, top 12, top 15 pick every year. But last year left you desiring more. Batting average was there, but the power numbers weren't there. The stolen base numbers weren't there. And that is a significant difference. Um, enough of a significant difference where, you know, you could call him a boss based off of what you paid for him in drafts last year. He was going in 2022. He was going in what, like pick first round top five pick. I, I believe he was going up there. Yeah. Yeah. And then this year he still was going in the first two rounds and, you know, the batting average came back up. Well, never really lost it. It was three Oh six this year, which was phenomenal, but home runs were still in the 20, like was 20, the stolen bases were five this year versus trying to chase that 25 stolen base numbers. And the runs and ribbies were way down too, because the team as a whole, I just feel just underperformed as well. Uh, And just, he did not benefit from anything. Unfortunately, Bo is an interesting case. I'm looking at Bo next year where I think he'll probably be at a a value. Where's he going? If you don't mind me asking so far early. Uh, I got you, brother. He's seventh shortstop off the boards to pick pick 36 that's still a little too rich for my blood like honestly like i might post him down as a bus just based off of you know what you're paying a premium for for him when you know we have guys like o'neill cruz and lynn and and other guys we'll probably talk about throughout this podcast that i probably will rather pay for because i could get a guy that is kind of more of a sure thing with bo even repeating what he did last year he's not really contributing enough for him to be worth the 32nd pick or 36 pick or whatever you said. And, you know, even if he doesn't get, get you five more home runs, we say, say he hits 25, but he only gets to what 10 stolen bases. That pick is a bust and a flop. Like batting average is great, but okay. Runs and ribbies aren't going to probably be where it is. And neither is those other two categories. What's the point of drafting them that high? I'd pick somebody else in my opinion. And that's why I'm going to avoid Bo at all at all costs at that price. Yeah, I, I have Bo at eight at shortstop. Um, we the, I think the legit upside is basically what we saw in 2022 because in 2021, uh, coming off the COVID year, you know, the, the Blue Jays are still playing in those minor league ballparks, and that's why, you know, Vlad had the monster year and Bichette had that monster year. The, the thing is, Bo hits the ball really hard, so I think, Closer to twenty, you know, five to twenty-eight home runs are legit. The runs in the RBIs depends on how that team around him plays. The Blue Jays are are a pretty strong team. They still have, you know, uh, quite a few good names in that lineup. So I think those could bounce back as well. The thing is the steals. 
Obuchet's actually not super fast. He's not like blowing anybody away with the sprint speed. So I don't think this deals are the 25 we saw in 2021. I think it's somewhere between the 13 we saw last year and the five we saw this year. So if he evens out around eight, that's great. Uh, the batting average is super legit. Uh, Bobuchet's a great overall hitter. I think he could hit 300 consistently. So if you're okay with, you know, pretty much what you saw in 2022, I think that's similar to what we're going to get this next upcoming season. Um, the the value is just tough. The value is tough as pretty much, you, you know, um, your, your third round pick, uh, a guy that's not going to really get much steals, you know, um, uh, the the average and home runs are going to be solid, and the bad uh, the runs and RBIs. You know, if you if you're around seventy and seventy this year, you know, uh, that's that's kind of your floor with Bich- with Bichette there. So I don't know if he's somebody that I'm targeting, but he's a strong baseball player. You know, a good fantasy player. Uh, let's keep things pushing here, and I actually want to talk about somebody interesting. I want to talk about Ha Sung Kim. Uh, the thing with Hassan Kim is he was really good for a long stretch, um, you know, this season. But he, he he's interesting to me because I think he's going really high right now. Uh, and I'm not really, you know, about it. The 11 shortstop off the board, um, pick 80.27. So he's actually going a smidge ahead of O'Neal Cruz. And, you know, I'm just not really okay with it. It was a strong year this year. If you heard us, we were on the – the Padres um podcast, I think it was the off season Matt, or very early in the season, and I was early talking, season, yeah, and I was talking about Hassan Kim and how he's underrated, um, you know, but 152 games for Hassan Kim, 538 at bats, 84 runs, 23 doubles, 17 homers, 60 RBIs, 38 steals, and he hit 260. I almost think that's a career season for Kim. Um, he's still only going to be 28 next year, but you know, I, I don't know if he can live up to the hype. I have Kim um, closer to my, you know, like 17th, 18th shortstop off the board. Uh, I'm just not really buying into the breakout year. I think the speed's legit. Um, but you know what? He's not really helping you in home runs. The RBIs at 60 aren't great if that batting average drops down to, a, you know, closer to his career average at 245. Um, what is he really helping you in runs uh, and steals? And that's really uh, about it. So I'm out on Kim. You know, I'll take the O'Neill Cruz, uh, the Bogarts, the Volpes, um, even the Dansby Swanson guys that are going after him because 38 steals in today's day and age, it, it's good, but it's not elite. It's not It's not that Ellie De La Cruz, you know, that, that Nico Horner upside, um, you know, of, of 50 steals. But 38's good. I'm not going to just take Hassan Kim for his 38 steals, though, uh, although I do love him, you know, and uh, is a great player, just – not with the ADP at the moment. Yeah, I hear you, man. I mean, I, I don't know if I'm if I'd actually draft the dude. In all honesty, I just with this position specifically, I just if he's if I'm walking out of a draft with him as my starting shortstop, I'm feeling really depressed, and I feel like I had a really bad draft. Like, let's put it that way. I wouldn't mind taking a dart throw on it and see if like it's legitimate, but. I don't know what his ADP is. I don't know if you said it or not. I was. Uh, I, I did mention it. Um, 11th shortstop off the board, pick 80.27. Um, and then O'Neill Cruz, the 12th shortstop off the board, is pick at 80.73. So I'll take O'Neill Cruz over him every day, all day. Absolutely. I mean, I look at it. That is the fugliest, fugliest uh, ADP I've ever had for somebody. I Seriously, I don't, I don't believe in it whatsoever. I'm actually kind of disappointed he's going that high because i feel like that's just such a waste of a pick that 
you're pretty much just putting yourself in a negative position right there. And you're, you're not going to benefit from that whatsoever. But anyway, I, I can't, I can't talk about, it and I mean, I swear to God, I feel the hater egg cup getting bigger and bigger about this, but I got to move on. I'm going to talk about Mr. Dansby Swanson. And um, <laughs> we all know how I feel about Dansby, but you got to look at it as a whole. And I got to stop being show biased against him. But last year was a weird season. And I'm kind of coming around on him a tad. So one, he he pretty much followed the rule, new year, new team, and still managed to perform and perform actually pretty well outside of pretty much the batting average. You look at it, 565 at bats, 81 runs, 25 doubles, three triples, 22 bombs, 80 ribs, nine stolen bases, and batted 244. Now, Honestly, you look at those numbers as a whole, and I'm not really mad at them, especially since, you know what? He came in clutch at times. But other times, he really wasn't just the the greatest, you know, everyday play for you. He just had a bunch of hot stretches, which I feel next year, I feel, is going to be a little bit more consistent. I feel the batting average is probably going to come up back into the 260 range and possibly see that 275 range. And I feel like, with this team really being hot and heavy, trying to bring in an Otani, trying to bring in and trade for these other players, they're going after and being aggressive after Soto. I feel that if the Cubs, you know, bring in a little bit more talent, Dansby Swanson is going to benefit and, you know, is probably going to have a much better year. And my hate is disappearing right now. I have him currently ranked as, as 13, and I'm a little bit hesitant to even rank him at 12 at shortstop just based off of the fact that if this team does bring in that talent, Dansby Swanson is going to sure benefit and could be a serious value for next year. Yeah, I, I like Dansby. Don't hate him. Um, ADP right now has him as the 14th shortstop off the board, pick 135. I have Dansby as my 15th shortstop off the board. Um, not much love or hate either way for Dansby, but he's solid. He, you know, he's not he's not bad. If you have him as you know a utility bat or you know um, maybe even a bench player, I think the runs and RBIs are legit. Uh, the home run potential is right where it's been the last you know three years. The high of twenty seven, the low of twenty two. I think that's spot on. Dansby's actually fairly quick. He's uh, you know not in the top top tier of um, you know when it comes to sprint speed, but he's not um, you know he's above the middle. So I think we could see closer to you know the eighteen steals that we stored last year. I definitely would love more than the nine that we have. Um, but th- that being said, you know I-, I like Dansby. You know this is our little quick you know preview for you know next season, little review of this season. Um, once again, that's all for today. Make sure you're locked on for the next episode with our positional rankings. But guys, until next time, see you. Peace.